Thank you for joining us. God loves his children. He protects, provides, guides, forgives, and so much more. Therefore, he deserves our trust, praise, glory, honor, obedience, and so much more. Yet we often grieve our Lord by turning from him to do things our way rather than turn to him in obedience. And what does God do? He gives us what we don't deserve, his love, grace, and mercy. He continues to teach and develop us, and he is always available to us. The question is, when will we always be available to him? Have Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander speaks to us. children said. Jonah, I'm taking my time going through this particular book because uh, when we will have finished this book, then uh, it'll be a while before we get back to it. So we're going to make it count. It is so many truths embedded in this passage. So we are Maranatha Bible Teaching Church. You need to have pen, paper, and need to write because I guarantee you Life is going to throw you some curves, and you need to be prepared for what's to come by the documentation and the implementation of the Word of God so that uh, life, life's trials won't take you over, but you will be a conqueror in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Turn with us to Jonah, chap- chapter 1, verses 1 through 5 is our text. Leave your Bibles open because we'll be referencing uh, this particular passage as well as a number of other related passages to the glory of God. And the, and the scripture reads, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and he went down to Joppa, and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea, lightening the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest part of the ship, had lain down, and was fast asleep. I want to preach this morning the renegade prophet who faced a great storm. The renegade prophet who faced a great storm. Uh, Look at verse 4, if you will. We'll start there. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Verse 4 is the Lord stirred a great storm. The Lord stirred a great storm. That's something insightful that we need to come to grips with in this particular verse. Beloved, storms are inevitable in life and all of us will find ourselves in them. Doesn't matter how much money you have, 
how good looking you are, what kind of status in life you have. Doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't matter how important you think you are. You're not so important that you can get away from the storms and calamities of life. Perhaps you've just come out of a storm. Or you perhaps are currently in a crisis. Or this message is preparing you, 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 and you for a storm that, that's headed your way that you don't even, that you're not even aware of. As in the case of Jonah in this passage, rebellion against God will bring us into the, into storms in our lives. You want a storm immediately? Just rebel against God. My friend, God knows how to get our attention and you can save yourself a whole lot of trouble if you only listen to God. Anytime you fight against God, you are fighting a losing battle. You are fighting a battle that you will not win. So why don't you just surrender, save yourself some trouble, and just follow Jesus and let him bless you. Amen? With that being said, why does God allow storms to come into our lives? They're coming. So why does he even allow storms to come into our lives anyhow? Well, we'll see uh, some profound principles found in Jonah chapters 1 and chapter 2. The first reason is, number one, I I want you to note this. Nothing comes into our lives without God's permission. For better or for worse, absolutely nothing comes into our lives without God's permission. Like Jonah, sometimes storms intrude into our lives because of our own personal rebellion against God. Uh, Jonah brought this storm into his life because of his own rebellion. Verse 3 says, but Jonah arose to flee, to run, to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, God commissioned Jonah to go to Nineveh, but in rebellion against God, he defiantly said, I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarshish. Oh, really? Which resulted in the chastening hand of Almighty God. When God disciplines his children, we know without a doubt it is he who is doing the divine chastening. Look at Jonah chapter, Jonah chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. It says, you know, you don't have to say, well, what's, why is this happening to me? When God is whipping his children, you'll know who's doing the whipping. In case in point, in Jonah chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, give, gives us what's going on. Look what Jonah says. For you cast me into the deep. So he said, God did this to me. But in essence, he did it to himself through his own rebellion. Into the heart of the seas and the floods surround me. All your billows and your waves pass over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. God was mad at him. So much so that God cast him out of his sight. Now, you know, God is angry when God says, I don't even want to look at you anymore. I'm going to take you out of this world, but I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to put you under. You're going to wish you had died. My friend, do not think that you are so important that you cannot be humbled by God. 
He knows how to shake up your life and bring you to your senses. The chastening hand of God was so severe upon Jonah's life until he was taken out of this world and cast out of the sight of Almighty God by being swallowed up whole by a great fish and was taken down, 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 down into the depths of the sea. He was taken into isolation. He was taken into seclusion and he was put in solitary confinement. Don't you mess with God. Believe me, church, Jonah was messing with the wrong person. And you will be wise indeed if you learn your lesson from the life of Jonah as well. All your lessons don't have to be hard learned. You can look at what others are going through and you can say, you know what? I'm learning from his lesson. I don't want that to happen to me. Amen? But the, the flip side of that is this. There are also times when you will find yourself in troubled waters because you obeyed the word of God rather than the voice of men. You, you get in trouble when you do what God says do in this wicked, perverted culture. When you refuse to follow the culture, when you refuse to go with that which is popular, when you refuse to go with that which is easy and self-centered and politically correct, you'll find yourself in trouble with the devil and demonic people as well as the culture in which we live. Let me give you a case in point. For example, a French teacher, Peter Fleming, was fired by a Virginia school board vote by a vote of five to zero because he refused to refer to a transgender boy by male pronouns. He said he agreed to use the student's new name, but he attempted to avoid using pronouns for the team at all. He said it was against his Christian beliefs to refer to the transgender boy as male. The school teacher was thrust immediately into a storm, resulting in him losing his job because he refused to violate his Christian beliefs and stood for that which was right according to Scripture. You say, nobody's bothering me. I, 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 poor teacher. Well, somebody ought to be saying, poor you. You say, well, I, I'm okay. Everybody like me. Ha! Just put your Bible on the desk at lunch and just read it. Just tell someone that the only way you can get to heaven is through Jesus Christ alone. Just quote the scripture, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Speak against homosexuality as a sin. Uh, speak out against gambling. Speak out against women's abuse and all these other things. And you'll find yourself in all kinds of storms just because of your Christian convictions. You know why Satan's not bothering you? It's because you're not bothering him. Why should he bother you when you're leaving him alone? Amen? The second thing we must consider about storms, be mindful Uh, While you're in a storm, 
God is always in complete control. Verse 15 says, so they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea. And the sea ceased from raging, ceased from its raging. Beloved, your attitude and obedience of the storm often determines just how long your storm will last. Your attitude and obedience in the storm will determine just how long your storm will last. Jonah was a fugitive. Fugitive Jonah was being summoned by Almighty God and absolutely nothing could calm those raging seas until Jonah was off that ship. Those guys prayed, couldn't calm the storm. Those guys throwing stuff off, couldn't calm the storm. Oh, if they started reading their own Bibles, couldn't call, nothing was going to calm that storm but Jonah being off that ship. Oh, by the way, too, some churches don't have peace until certain people are out. Think about that. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Some people raise so much hell until God has to dismiss them so the church can go on about the church's business in many churches nowadays. God prepared a great storm, allowed it to fulfill its purpose, and knew exactly when to end the storm, which reinforces the fact that God is always in control no matter how dismal things may appear in your life. God is still on the throne. God is still uh, in control. And my God and your God will take care of you. Be not dismayed, whatever be tied. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. Have you been walking with God long enough now? To see the hand of God in troubled times, to know that you know, that you know, that you know, you know, that you know, you know, you know, that your God and my God will take care of us. Do I have an amen in the house? Thirdly, it is through the storms of life that God teaches us about ourselves. It is through the storms of life that God teaches us about ourselves. Even our Lord was not exempt from the storms of life. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 37 through 40, it says, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat uh, into the boat. So it was already filling. But he was in the stern, Jesus that is, asleep on a pillar. You see the humanity of Christ there. Our Lord slept because he was a man. He was not only God, but he was also man. Because he knew that he was in absolutely in, in absolute control, he was able to go to sleep. Have you ever tossed and turned all night long because of, of a situation beyond your control, only to discover that God had already worked it out, which left you ashamed because you lacked the faith to believe that he would work it out? My friend, your sleep will be so much sweeter when you take comfort in knowing that our Lord is in complete control when stormy weather is raging all around you. The disciples forgot that the God of all creation was with them on the boat. My friend, we panic when we forget that Jesus is our Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means what? God with us. Yeah, you know that. Verse 38b, in the same text about Jesus in Mark, it says, And they woke him and said to him, teacher. And then he just said, uh, they just tap him on the, on the show, shoulder. 
and just say, teacher, teacher. Oh, don't. He's God, y'all. He, I don't want to break it. Teacher. You know, when you think you're going to die, teacher, they were shaking him. Teacher. And you see Jesus waking, wiping sleep from humanity's eyes. And they looked at him in the midst of the raging storm and asked a profound question to the Savior. And they asked him, do you, underline this, do you care that we are perishing? Don't you sleeping while the water's coming in the boat? You're sleeping while we're about to drown, man. How can you sleep and this 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 thing gonna kill us? Do you really care? And listen, don't get too hard on the disciples. Because when we get in our storms and they get hard and they get harsh and they come subtly, there are times we even ask, Lord, where are you? Lord, do you really care? What's going on, Lord? Lord, Lord, I got cancer. I've tithed. I've given my tithes and my offerings to the Lord. I was in Sunday school. I I was in vacation Bible school like we're going to have this evening. And I did this and I did that. Why I get cancer? Why my child? Why why me? Why did I lose this? Or why did I lose that? Why why you took my child so young, Lord? Do you really care? Where are you, God? Do you really care? Verse 39. <laughs> then he arose calmly. I can just see Jesus in my own sanctified imagination. He rebuked the wind and the sea and said, Peace, be still. In other words, I can just see him say, Y'all hush. <laughs> I'll show you how much God he is. Y'all hush now. Y'all scared my disciples. I need them. I don't even have any heart attacks. Hush, Hush up. Instantly. <gasps> what kind of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey at the voice of almighty God. What a passage. Trials, my friends, come into our lives. Here's why they come into our lives. Three things. Trials come into our lives to strengthen us spiritually. See, some of you all are weak, and God wants to grow you up. He wants to mature you. Trial comes into our lives to build our character. He wants to develop your character. And trials come into our lives to reveal our level of faith. Some of you think you're strong, but God shows you just how strong or weak you are as you go, go through trials. In Psalms 89, verses 8 and 9, it says, O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty like you, O Lord? Your faithfulness also surrounds you. The rule, you rule the raging of the sea. We need to when he can say hush, you know he's ruling. When, it, when his ways rise, you steal them. 
My friend, the same God who permits storms into our lives is the same God who knows how to steal those storms. Number four, back to the text in Jonah. Like the mariners in the boat with Jonah, we need to get rid of anything that will weigh us down in the midst of the storm. Verse, verse 5a and C says, then the mariners were afraid and threw the cargo. They just started throwing stuff through the cargo uh, into the water out of the ship into the sea to lighten the load as if lightening the load was going to calm the storm. But that wasn't the problem. Beloved, the things of this world take on less value when our lives are ebbing, ebbing away. Even today, when you know you are dying and your hours are waning in your life, the things of this world are no longer a priority to you. What matters most when you are dying, what matters most when you're about to close your eyes and you know you're transitioning to heaven or either to hell if you don't know Jesus, what matters most is your relationship with Christ. What matters most is your relationship with your family. And what matters most is your relationship with your church. How's your relationship with Christ? God has taken the sting from death and victory from, from the grave so you can die in peace when you're in Christ. How's your relationship with Christ? How's the relationship with your family? Who are you not speaking to? There's somebody under my voice you haven't spoken to. Your sister, your mama, your daddy, your brother, your in-law has become your outlaw. You can't even sit around the table at Thanksgiving and, and eat turkey. Because you're mad about something that happened back in 1990. When are you going to get out of your self-made prison and let go and stop killing yourself in the name of Jesus? What matters most is your relationship with Christ, your relationship with your family, and your relationship with your church. By the way, where is your church home? If the church is that important, why do you not have a membership in it? You got membership at Gold's Gym, Costco. You enroll at Trinity University. Some of y'all, you, you, you have to pay fees to be in a sorority, a fraternity. You pay for this, you pay for that. Where is your church membership? Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And you tell me he's going to give you an option as to whether you should belong to it or not. Ha! You are self-deceived. You don't have to say amen. It's the gospel truth. Amen, lights. Number five, storms. A divided allegiance is the worst thing you can have in times of crises. A divided allegiance is the worst thing you can have in a time of crisis. Do not expect God's mercy and deliverance while possessing a divided allegiance and loving the things of this world more than Christ. Loving golf more than Christ. Loving money more than Christ. Loving uh, your career more than Christ. Loving yourself more than Christ. God takes delight and is glorified when he is first and foremost in our lives. Jonah 2.8 says, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. When the storms of life are raging and your life is turned upside down, you need to get rid of anything that will separate you from God in the storm. 
If not, you will intensify the storms in your life. Refuse to allow the things of this world to separate you from the love of God, such as money, position, power, influence, sports, social media, and relationships. Some of you, some of you spend more time with each other than you do with the God who saved you. We must clean to Christ alone. Number six, in the midst of divine chastening from God, Jonah experienced God's mercy. In the midst of divine chastening, Jonah experienced God's mercy. Jonah chapter two, verse two says, and he said, I cried out to the Lord. I bet he did in the midst of that big fish. I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me out of the belly of Sheol. I cried and you heard my voice. Being in that fish was likened to a grave, shoal, a picture of a grave. It was, it was like I, I was shut up. You know, he couldn't move. He couldn't stretch. He couldn't jog. He, he, uh, perhaps he was even in a fetal position. It was as, it was as if he, 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 he was alive but dead. Dead. Oh, but he experienced God's mercy. He said, you, you heard my voice. If there's ever a time you want to hear the voice of God is in the midst of troubled times. And if you're walking with God uh, in peaceful times, listen, God will answer your prayer in troubled times. Notice in the verse that Jonah was not thinking about you. He didn't cry out to psychics. I don't know what getting that. Yeah, listen, why don't you save your money and give it to the church? Invested in children. Psychics. You know, I tell you what, take them to the store. And just ask them what aisle is the sugar on. They can't tell you. Then put your money back in your pockets. Okay. <laughs> if you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.